Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Word Up. Welcome to Pastor Akin. He's here. That side, that side. There he is. Yeah, I think I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on that side. <laughs> oh, I see the clerks have all popped up as usual. The uh, diligent students, we've got Dee, uh, Maria, Sharon. Welcome to everyone. And uh, yeah, if I've missed anyone, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, share the broadcast, guys, and uh, get people in. We are looking at Revelation chapter 14 tonight and I can already see that people have had a bit of discussion about this morning's sermon from Pastor Rachel which was deeply impacting to uh, Bright City Central and um, quite relevant to what we're going to look at tonight. Um, Pastor Akin wasn't there, he was at Bright City South (laughs) but um, Rachel was talking about the cost of of being a disciple and the coming persecutions which you know we've seen all the way through Revelation and um, yes. especially in the last chapter, actually, about the beast making the war and the saints to conquer them and then being slain. So, yeah, it was quite an well, impact in the uh, sermon this morning. Um, very relevant, isn't it, to, um, you know, what, what we're looking at. And um, even today in different parts of the world, even here in, in the UK, it's, um, you know, we, we read it in the papers. It's happening all, all the time now. It's um it started off by being quite subtle, but now it's becoming more and more. Um, uh, what's that word now? It's uh, let's, let's say not not so subtle, more confrontational now, isn't it? Mm, so um, we're beginning it. to see that even now in, in this country. So yes, that must have. I must listen to that message then. Yeah, all the yeah. more important to be strong at this time, and you know, and to dig in really, because uh, as Pastor Rachel was saying. You know, it's going to be the the true believers that are the ones who stand and the ones that are able to kind of stick to their guns during times of persecution. Well, there was actually some uh, some obscene graffiti that had been put on the someone had written it on the doors of the church. I didn't see it myself, but um, Rachel's um, comment was, "Is that all?" You know, <laughs> compared to yes. what, what what could be coming. You know, so uh, yeah. It was it was an impacting sermon, well worth a, a listen. You spoke, we spoke. Sorry, um, Ben, I'm holding us up a bit here. But when you spoke about graffiti, I remember reading once about, um, I think this uh, a German, um, I don't know if he was a psychologist or philosopher or whatever, had written um, something. You know, he said, um, you know, God is dead, uh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. And uh, I think when he died, someone wrote under what that graffiti said, um, you know, Nietzsche is dead, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Friedrich, Friedrich Nietzsche, yeah, the, science, the the philosophy of let's destroy everything because nothing is worth everything, so let's just have nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vain philosophy is what the Bible calls that. Anyway, let's get into uh, Revelation 14 tonight. Um, We're probably not going to get all the way through it. So what I was going to do is is, is read up until uh, verse uh, 13. um, And and we'll kind of get up there and see see how far we go. Um, So Revelation chapter 14, I'll read. It says, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, with, and with him 144,000, 
who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the living creatures, before the four living creatures, and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. Then I saw another angel fly directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath poured full strength into the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and sulphur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. These worshippers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours, for their deeds follow them. Chapter 14. So, I mean, the opening, because in chapter 13, uh, those of you that, that were listening last week, um, it was quite it was quite um, harsh last week. Uh, we had the, the dragon and the first beast and the second beast. And towards the end, uh, that scripture uh, verse in verse seven, it says also it was allowed to make war on the saints, talking of the, the beast, and to conquer them. And uh, and then it, it went on in that, that scripture, uh, verse 10, where it says, if anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. And then it says, here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints, which you've just read in chapter 14. So, yeah, quite a bleak outlook uh, mm -hmm. at, at the end of, of uh, and in chapter 13 for believers, you know, being persecuted and conquered and killed for their faith, for our faith. Um, and as Rachel was saying this morning, you know, it's that's the cost, isn't it, of, of being uh, people of the kingdom of God in a sinful world. You know, um, people are are killed for their faith these days. Um, the Open Doors charity, we watched a couple of examples and testimonies this morning where people are persecuted, churches are shut down and people are imprisoned for years on end in the dark. One testimony we listened to was a guy had been imprisoned for his faith in the dark, didn't know whether it was day or night and was just fed... Um, two scraps of bread twice a day 
and water that wasn't even clean for six years. Uh, and they said to him, you know, if you'd, if you'd have denied your faith, you would have got out earlier. And he, you know, he'd stuck to his guns, um, as well as some other awful stories about uh, families being killed because they wouldn't renounce Christ. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's that's the, the level of persecution um, that we see through the ages towards Christians and, and even going on today, maybe not in our backyard yet, but definitely around the world. So at the opening of chapter 14, then I looked and behold on Mount Zion stood the lamb and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. You got any opening remarks for that one, Pastor Akin? Yes. Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's just like you were saying, we were looking at chapter 13. It all seemed to be about, um, you know, if you like, darkness and evil prevailing over righteousness and uh you know, we uh, come to the beginning of the chapter 14 and uh, we see the lamb here standing in uh, Mount Zion, as it says. And there's this 144,000 having their father's name written on their foreheads. And um, I think it was back in chapter Revelation, chapter seven, that uh, we came across this uh, 144,000. And um, I believe we, we looked at the, you know, the uh, trying to identify you know, who, who they were. And uh, I think we came to the conclusion at that time that they were 144 uh, Jews. Uh, I don't think we we didn't get. I don't think we went down into saying whether they were male or female. But just that they were 144,000 Jews, and they were witnesses that um, you know God had set aside for Himself during the this um, the last seven years, as it were, of um, the end times. The last seven years of the end times. And uh, I think when we left them, they were um, in, in a pretty, uh, let's say, a precarious situation. They were sealed by God and protected. But um, we didn't know what their fate would be because of the, uh, you know, the emergence of the dragon and uh, of, of these two beasts. But now we see them here and um, they're in, in the place, uh, they're standing on Mount Zion. I think the fact that they're standing on, on Mount Zion tells us that they have been able to, um, they've got us protected them during this time of uh, persecution, during this time when, um, uh, as it were, many would have lost their, their lives for their faith. But these 144,000 witnesses, uh, God has preserved them. And uh, when, when we uh, speak of Mount Zion, you know, it's, it's the place where it's, it's, if you like, the city of God, the place where the presence of God dwells. So we've got these witnesses here and uh, they, they seem to be thriving um, in God's presence. As it were. And, there's, and there's a seal upon them. And uh, we, we know in, in chapter 13, we looked upon the we looked at the seal that um, uh, of the beast, which was that uh, number uh 666 upon the foreheads on their on their arms as well their right arms i believe it was and here we're seeing that they, they have got a, a seal upon them and it's their it's their father's name it's written on their foreheads and and again when, when we look at these things um you, you know we look at them symbolically when we talk about the 666 for example is it going to be actually people going to have that number you know tattooed on their heads or something or is it going to be you know a barcode sort of thing again when we look at the these witnesses as well is it the same thing it says that their their, their father's names are written on their foreheads is that, are this actually again are we looking at people who's uh, have got their you know jehovah or something written or yahweh written on their foreheads but um you know the, the commentaries that i read didn't didn't go go they didn't go into that they they thought that this was more symbolic and it was more to do with um you know that their, their lifestyles and then being sealed so it's something something more spiritual than an actual written 
uh, you know, a name that you could see that was written on their foreheads. But um, I, I guess the great news is that chapter 14 is starting with a more triumphant um, looking outlook for the believers, for the Christians who have um, you have, who are still alive up, up until this point at the time of tribulation. So it's a much more positive outlook at the beginning of this. And I think, you know, a lot of times, sometimes it can be reflective of, of our lives as Christians as well. Sometimes we go through, you know, individually, we go through difficult times, don't we? We go through dark times and it seems as if, you know, the, the negative and the, uh, the, the darkness is prevailing in our lives. But we should always take hope that, you know, God is always in control. And that the same way that these witnesses have been sealed with the Father's name, we have been sealed as well. The, the Holy Spirit, he's the evidence of us being sealed uh, as as uh, God's people, as God's children, so we should know that uh, just as uh, as we've been go as we've gone through chapter thirteen and we've come into chapter fourteen, that the same thing will, um, you know, now as well. We will we will come into a chapter fourteen as well in our experience with God. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, that whole thing about sealing is is interesting. Yeah, because uh, remember that we're we're dealing with revelation that's that's highly symbolic. Uh, but in other white places, kind of literal as well. So, yeah, being things that when we talk about being marked or being sealed, um, you know, in a figurative way, it could be, you know, that that we have that mark upon us in our character, if you like, you know, and, and in our, you know, in our behaviour and our outlook. Uh, you know, you get, uh, you read about people, you know, that that person is marked by God, or that person is of God, or that's a really godly man or godly woman um their their kind of character is marked by a, a godliness and a purity and a uh, a holiness i guess uh and that's i guess that's the the figurative side of of what we could be talking about um but then again you know people have been marked and sealed in the bible uh, by god uh um was it uh a cane wasn't it was sealed in in genesis uh yes. by god so that no one would no one would wouldn't would kill him um but yeah you know is like we say we're dealing with symbolic language we're dealing with apocalyptic apocalyptic literature um but yeah i guess it's the the seal of god if you like is 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 something that's in your heart you know it talks paul talks a lot about being circumcised in your heart like jews were a mark of a jew was that they were circumcised outwardly in their flesh to mark them as jews but yet paul talks about circumcision of the heart uh, that's an inward inward thing so it's all it's all that kind of um concepts and symbology that uh you know can relate so but who knows we might we might have be branded on our heads with the name <laughs> of the Lord. <laughs> who knows so yeah we've got the hundred and forty four thousand who seem to be you know these 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 super jews that were sent out to evangelize during the tribulation uh and and after we read about them um in in the previous chapter we we read about the great multitude that seems to be the people that come through the tribulation uh dressed in white that may be the fruits of the 144,000s ministry um so yeah we got these uh we've got this grand uh kind of scene here of of, of like the heroes if you like we've had the the dragon the and the two beasts in the previous chapter uh and the darkness and the evil of, of satan and now we open this chapter with it was like the the heroes appearing uh the lamb the hundred forty four thousand, and the great multitude uh <laughs> and i just kept getting in my mind that that picture i don't know if you've watched it um 
Pastor Akin, Pastor David didn't approve of the Lord of the Rings, but there is a scene <laughs> in the Twin Towers where they're having this battle, the Battle of Helm's Deep, uh, and there's like a, a multitude of evil kind of minions attacking the heroes uh, and laying siege to them. And on the hill appears Gandalf, the, the you know, the Gandalf the White, the wizard with the great, this great army, and they charge into this, this multitude of darkness and it, with a great light, basically. And I just kept seeing this scene uh, appear before us, you know, this, this 145,000, the lamb, here they come, you know, the heroes. <laughs> but that was that was the image that was conjured up in my mind. But yeah, not only the, the appearance of uh, um, of of uh, these these people, but it's accompanied by this awesome sound. As we read in chapter two, I heard a voice from heaven, like a roar of many waters, like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice I heard was the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne. So we've heard this kind of imagery before, like the voice of God, the sound of many waters. But then you've got these harp harpist kind of sound and, and the sound of singing. So it's it's like it's the it's the sound of God, but it's the sound of heaven um that announces that, you know, this grand scene. Um and here here they are, you know, the, the the redeemed from the earth. And we've looked in previous chapters about how the angels react when they see the redeemed and they see that men have responded to the Lord and they've been saved and there's this this awesome kind of silence and then this rapturous celebration that wow men have responded to God you know and and excuse me they here they are in heaven you know and it's just this this awesome scene um and they're singing before you know the, the kind of characters that we've seen the 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 living creatures, the four living creatures that are covered in eyes, the elders, the 24 elders, and they're all before the throne of God. So here's this awesome kind of court of heaven appearing, uh, you know, almost from the darkness of, of chapter 13 into to chapter 14. But then it goes on to speak a little bit about the 144,000 who we've met before, but this seems to elaborate on a, a few points about them. Did you want to take that up, Pastor Akin? Yes. Thanks, Ben. Just at, um, also, you know, just picking up from what, what the, the verse you just read there, where it talks about that song, that uh, no one could learn the song that they sang except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. And, um, you know, I was reading one of the, one of the commentators was saying that it, it's a song that only those who are totally dedicated and committed to the Lord would learn that and it comes out of their it's one of the things you mentioned actually it comes out, it's, it's a worship that comes out of their lifestyle where they have denied themselves and as the lord said they've taken up their cross and they're, and they're following him and that's where their song comes from and i think one of them you know mentioned uh you know was saying something about i think it was paul and silas when they were in prison and it says they began to uh, sing uh, hymns while they're in prison and then there was a great earthquake in the prison you know and their all of their chains fell off and they were set free it's like you said it was that that sort of you know people who that's their lifestyle it's it's one of you know the commitment to the lord and and loving him and following him means you know worshiping him in every situation and in every circumstance and that's why you know these particular um you know witnesses who were set aside for the lord that that's how they were able to learn that song out of their lifestyle and like you just said earlier about the the, the um um, the, the mark, that mark is maybe the circumcision of their hearts, of their lives. And that's how that, that where that song comes from. But um, also I, I picked up on one or two things about, you know, in verse four, it says that they were the ones who were not defiled with women for they were virgins. 
and um, it, the 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 had I read I come I came across a couple of commentators. Some of them were saying that um, the this aspect of their lifestyle was, like you said, it, they, they were saying it wasn't um, literal. It was more symbolic of the purity of their lifestyles, of their holiness of their lifestyles. So. Um, maybe they were married or maybe they weren't but it was th at that point when they when they were aware of that call upon their lives then they became completely dedicated and committed to god and and that was he's talking here about the purity of their lifestyles but there were others who thought no this is more literal this is literal these are uh, as paul said you know those who are called you know when you're called and um, you make that commitment to god and you make a decision that you know you'd rather you know rather not get married but in order to fulfill the call of god in your life and if you're able to keep to that commitment as paul said then then do it but if you're not able to then don't do it and so these commentators would say this is literal these were these are literally uh didn't actually say this is the other thing which i found quite interesting didn't actually say whether they were men or women but just said that that they had made the decision to uh you know to remain celebrate literally so that in order to fulfill that call upon their lives. So that, that was what they, the commentaries that I came across, that, that's what they were saying. So I guess it's, uh, you can have a read through that, uh, you know, listeners and and see which one of those, um, you know, if you like opinions or, or viewpoints that you would, um, you know, that you would you think that, that, that uh, John is talking about here. Um, and it also says in verse five, and in their mouth was found no guile, for they were without fault before the throne of God. And I think that's the the key thing, isn't it? It's it's that commitment to God, you know, like, um, you know, you you mentioned uh, that, uh, you know, person who was in prison for six years and, uh, you know, just refused, you know, even at the point of death and then imprisonment, they just refused to, you know, to renounce the Lord. And it's, and I guess that this is the type of witnesses that these people were. And that's why their witness was so effective that there was nothing that was going to cause them to deny the Lord. I guess very much like, Okay, Job, um, you know, even even his wife said to him, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? And, he, you know, he just utterly refused. He, he wouldn't do it. And uh, that was why God had such confidence in him right from the beginning as well. So I guess these are the type of people that we're, we're, we're looking at here. And uh, this is yeah. the reason why I guess their, their witness was so effective. Yeah, it's a high, high standard, isn't it? And, uh, you know, there's, there's thank God for grace. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess it, it's a journey for all of us, really, this walk of faith, because, you know, it, for me, I can have a I can have a good week or a good couple of weeks or a good month where, you know, I really, you know, I've been praying every day. Uh, my heart's been right. I've dealt well with people, um, you know, and I felt really close to God and I've, I've read, read the Bible and, you know, I've been involved in ministry and I felt like, wow, you know, this is really, I feel really awesome, you know, and I feel, I feel like I'm close to God. But then you get a, a week or a day where you just, you know, through, even through circumstances like work exhaustion or just you're not getting enough sleep or whatever, where you just, you, I don't know, you almost lose it and, and you just yeah. feel like yeah. absolute rubbish again. Like I've failed God. Um, I feel rotten. I've I've not spoken to God. I've 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 chosen what is sin. I've chosen you know to 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 take myself away from God and and do things that maybe I shouldn't be doing. Watch things I shouldn't watch. You know, read things I shouldn't read. Um, and I feel rubbish. You know, and it it, it I, I don't know. You know, the Christian life isn't a straight line. It's it's ups and downs, hills and valleys. They used to say. Um, you know, and thank God for grace. That's all I can say because you know it's a, it's a high standard, and it 
it, it, it's it's not an easy life, you know, the Christian life. It's a it's a wonderful life. It's um it's amazing, but it's it's not always easy, and that's why it's all the more important for us as believers to really get our foundations like deep in God, because if you can't manage your own heart, you know, how are you going to manage it when people around you are, are persecuting you? You know, and it's it. That's why, you know, in these uh, word up sessions, we've been through Peter, and that was all about you know knowing who you are in God and and against persecution. And we looked at the seven churches, and they were all. It was all about you know standing strong, and you know you may you may be looked at as weak, but you are strong in the Lord, and all this kind of stuff, and getting your heart right. Um, and that's that's what the church is all about, you know, being together uh, and strengthening each other. Again, back to Pastor Rachel's sermon this morning. That was a strength building message in the face of of, of living in the world and coping with the things of the world. Um, and that's you know that's what it's talking about here. You know, these people were they were pure in their intentions uh, and they were righteous in their dealings with men and that's that's the aim isn't it that's where we want, all mm. want to be but yes. you know thank god for grace it's, it's so important uh, ben that we we are very much like you just said there this this is the um you know this is this is our day-by-day -day walk with god isn't it? it's not uh, I, I don't know if there are maybe there are people who would you know have those seasons like you said where everything seems to be going so well and you know they're you know, reading the Bible every day, praying every day, you know, you know, following as best as they can what God is asking them to do all the time. And maybe there are people like that, but um, I, I, I can very much relate to what you're saying as well. It's, it's, the, it's, um, this is where I think we learn grace. Uh, in the youth meeting today, we were, you know, uh, talking about the, you know, what, what do they feel about, um, you know, people who've lived all their lives, you know, they've been, I don't know how to put it, they've been evil, they've been wicked all their life and maybe at the point of death or something, they then suddenly come to this realisation that they've done wrong and they ask God to forgive them and they are saying to them, do you think it's it's right for God to let them into heaven? And, you know, some of them will say, no, it's wrong, you know, <laughs> things like that. And uh, it was it was a, it was it was quite challenging because you can understand it from a, a human point of view that if someone's been spent most of their life doing evil and being wicked, then why at the end of it? Um, if they when they come to that uh, revelation that they've done what's wrong and they ask God to forgive them, why should they be forgiven when other people have you know they've lived their life you know as best as they can in God you know all their life you know trying to avoid evil and embracing what's good and they get they both get to go to heaven and uh, I mean is this we were just talking about you know grace this is the grace of God and uh, you know, we spoke about the thief on the cross you know he had lived all his life. You know, doing wrong and there he was being executed for for his wickedness and uh, at that moment when he realizes that the son of god is next to him and he asks for forgiveness you know jesus said you know you, you you'll be with me in paradise this this is the it's the grace of god and we shouldn't forget as christians we need that grace every day don't we ourselves like what you were saying we need it every day and i think sometimes maybe, maybe when we forget that that's when we sometimes drift away from god we start to think you know I can do this, you know, I'm, I'm good at doing this. I can read my Bible, I can pray, I can do this, I can do that. And we suddenly forget that he, it's by his grace alone yeah. that we're able to do all of these things. And we're only here by his grace. And uh, I haven't heard the message yet, but you know, that's why we need one another so much. We can't do this on our own. We really, we need God, yes. Yeah. And we also need one another as well. It's, it's We can't just do it without, with, without him. And I marvel at people's you know they, i sometimes i always say lord where do people get the courage from the the boldness you know 
to confront these people who they know they have no power against, who are able to imprison them, you know, able to take it, you know, take everything away from them, they and, and they're powerless to do anything. And yet, in the face of all of that, they stand firm for the Lord. And um, you know, wow, it's it's it's, a, it's a, it must be. I don't know how I can describe it myself because I've never been there. But uh, the power of God, the grace of God in them is it's just um, it's just amazing. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the comments. Yeah, uh, Matt said from what you're saying. Uh, where is your comment, Matt? From what you're saying, Ben, the saying in my head is lay everything at the feet of Jesus. Stand still and know that I am God. Yeah, amen, Matt. That That is it. If you read the, the disciples, remember I used to read, uh, there's a passage in Matthew, I think, where Jesus um, goes in the boat with Peter and Peter, after the catch of fish, Peter realises that actually Jesus is the son of God and he he literally does what you've just said matt he lays everything down he nothing matters anymore to uh p to peter after realizing that the the god of all eternity was standing right there in his boat uh and he just it, it you know nothing mattered he dropped he dropped everything and said he said please leave me i'm a sinful mm. man and jesus said, no look you know follow me and he did because there was there was nowhere else to go. And I guess when you get into a really sinful place, when I get into a place where I, you know, I feel absolutely um, rotten, like we were just saying, I'm like, well, wh where do I go? There's, there's nowhere else to go. I've, I've got to come to you, Lord, because I, there is nowhere else to go. You know, I've got to come, come to you. Um, and, you know, that's what we need to keep in mind. God, and God receives us. He's always there, you know, like the prodigal yeah. son. You know, he had to come home because there was nowhere else to go. And that's the same for us. Anyway, let's get back to... <laughs> so we, get to, we got to verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God, give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. So you've got these, these three three angels. So this is the first one. And this angel, you know, comes to kind of it, proclaim proclaim the gospel. Um, I don't know if you had any comments. I mean, the first, um, I think, comment that I, 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 I came across was um, he, he was saying that it's quite it's, it's unusual for, um, for an angel to proclaim the gospel. That's something that so the responsibility has been given to the church to proclaim the gospel. But... He did say, he then went on to say, but it's, it, and then he says, it appears that in his opinion, in this particular instance, that it, it, it's cl clear here that this is an angel. This is not um, a, a, an angel as in a symbolic angel, as in a messenger. He he did consider the uh, the 144, but he said, no, this is a separate. This is not talking about the 144 witnesses now. This is specifically talking about an angel. And as you said, there are two other angels that are also given task which seem to relate to the task that's given to this angel so it's a it's a very clear-cut concerted and uh connected message that the three of them have got so this is the first one is preaching the gospel and we'll see what the other two what their uh, tasks were but uh, this is yet yeah, an angel given the uh the task the mission uh, to proclaim the gospel and um i did come across another who said this is this is the grace of god you know that um, people who had refused to receive the message from uh, believers, they refused to receive the message, the witness of the 104,000. It's almost as though God is giving them a, like another 
opportunity to say, look, I've, I've done everything I can. I've sent my son, you know, I've, I've had witnesses, you know, you've had the 144,000. Now I'm actually sending an angel. And that, and, he, and, that, and that was why I guess that particular commentator was like, no, this is definitely an angel. There is God is now sending, you know, a, a being from heaven to like proclaim the gospel. And then the final one that I came across, which was really interesting, is like angel that um, because I think um, Christians over the years have always believed that the responsibility for the gospel was with the church and not with angels. And so what they've done is that they've read this and uh, he gave some examples of certain, um, you know, uh, Bible societies and movements in the past. And they have almost kind of like said, you know, we are this angel proclaiming this gospel to the whole world. So I think that one of them was... Uh, is it Wycliffe? Um, someone looked back up. So this, these are people who are looking back in history now. And some of them will say, no, Wycliffe, the Bible was translated into English, went over the whole, everywhere in the English speaking world. So he's fulfilled that. And then I don't know, in another, you know, someone else was looking back and said, no, it was this movement when they took the gospel to the ends of the earth. That was when they proclaimed it. Then further on in history, what one, I think uh, somebody was saying that um, there is a, uh, a, a, I think it's a satellite or something, and it's actually called Angel One or something. And then and, uh, through that satellite, you know, there's satellite Christian TV going out all over the world, and they actually called it Angel One because okay. you know we've got three angels here, Angel One, Angel. <laughs> so they call that satellite Angel One. So, so this person was saying, you know, Christians are saying, no, we can't be an angel. It's got to be us. We've got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, I can't. Well, well, I, what's Angel Two satellite and Angel Three satellite? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah this is you know the speculation around uh revelation and how people apply it to different things is it, it, quite bizarre sometimes but you know who are we <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's the first angel proclaiming the gospel you know flying to the highest point of the sky and proclaiming the gospel and uh, to tell all the world and uh you think wow is there anyone left after the the you know the Mark of the Beast and, and you know, all this slaughter of, of believers. Of, you know, is there anyone left to preach to? So you get a second angel uh, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. So that's the second angel. Um, and it, it talks about uh, Babylon and uh, Babylon in the Old Testament, you know, you think of the Tower of Babel, these, you know, all of mankind kind of came together to try and build a, a tower to reach God so they could display their power. And God then came down and mixed up their languages and scattered people across the whole earth. Um, so that's Babylon and Babylon represented kind of all the evil and corrupt kind of uh, economy and, and uh, culture of the world that doesn't look to God. And of course, Babylon is a, a description of a, of a place, but it's like this, the spirit of Babylon uh, you see manifest in empires across history. And in Rome, you know, like Rome is the revived kind of Babylon, if you like, at that time in Revelation. Um, and it's displaying all the things that, you know, relate to Babylon, like uh, corruption and um, immorality and all, all of the, the evil stuff that doesn't look to God. And in this angel is, is proclaiming to, to, to that, you know, that you're fallen, you're fallen. And um, uh, Babylon and the world system who made the world, all nations drink of the, uh, the wine of the passion of our sexual immorality. And it's, it, it's setting it up like, you know, all, the, all these evil empires have, have tried to 
make people kind of conform to what they do, be it through media, through culture, through oppression. Um, and, you know, you look at our day, we're part of a, a kind of a culture and an empire. Um, and we spoke a bit last week about the kind of, you know, the the dumbing down of some of the internet stuff that, that we get that uh, kind of just numbs your brain sometimes. And, you know, people, people need entertainment. People need entertainment, they do. But when we're endlessly scrolling through TikTok or Facebook or, or YouTube or, and, and just watching utter rubbish uh, all the time, you know, it, it, it can numb your brain and, you know, and it can influence you. It really can influence you in, in different ways and, you know, and make you do things and, and be into things that uh, are not of God. And that's what it's talking about. You know, it, it's drinking the wine of the passions of, of Babylon. Uh, and, you know, it says sexu sexual immorality. Let's not avoid it. You know, that there is a, a worldwide problem um, with with uh, images and Internet and, and films, you know, that would influence you negatively in that way as well. You know, um, in some ways, by taking that in and, I, you know, <laughs> I speak to myself, you know, you know, that I spend endless time on, on I fall into what we call a kind of TikTok hole where you just watch rubbish over and over. And that's how it's designed. Endless scrolling is an algorithm that that you do. You know, and I watch good stuff on, on YouTube. I, you know, I go to the gym and I work out and there's lots of good tips on there about nutrition and working out and stuff. But, you know, you can fall into this <laughs> endless, endless cycle of watching just rubbish that numbs your brain um and so that's what he's talking about you're drinking the wine of these things and it's it's addling your brain and it's it's influencing you in, in different ways um and it, it's saying you know that's the world that's the world and the world will fall uh when it talks about babylon and it goes on in we'll see later in in revelation 16 uh where it talks about the city of babylon being split apart and the world system being split apart but that's representing you know Babylon. So let me get the third angel. Um, and do do you want to take take the third angel, yeah. Pastor? <laughs> yes, and it's, and it's really just following on from what you just said about this uh, second angel, the third angel, and uh, and this one is is talking about anyone who worshipped the beast and his image, and uh, receives his mark on his forehead or on the hand. Um, it, it says he also shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out and full strength into the cup of his indignation. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about, also goes on to mention it here so that we, we don't skip over this. He talks about the, that they're being tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. And, um, you know, you know, again, we, we, we were saying about how, you know, going through the book of Revelation, we, we, it's, it's about this, this thing about worship. It's, it's so key, isn't it? That the, 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 the devil really, he's just looking for, he wants that worship, the worship that's due to God alone. He he wants that worship, but he is, you know, there's a, a great subtlety in the way that he does it as well. Great deception. So he won't just come out and say, you know, uh, hello, I'm I'm Satan. I want you to worship me. He he, do, he does things in a much more subtle way. So you know, it's it's just this subtlety and this deception. I mean, you you were just talking there about TikTok, and you know, it's it's that's this where the subtlety is, isn't it? It's like you know, you know, you need to you need to rest, you need a bit of entertainment, and then before you know what's happening 
you get sucked into you know this you know it could it doesn't necessarily have to be TikTok. it could there are so many other things you know there are other platforms there are there are other ways and sometimes it's, it's even things like um uh, the little things you know i, I don't want to go in music is another one you know you could go into certain types of music and and before you know it, you know they're they're all leading you into something even television programs, even news programs, following, you know, the economy, getting into, you know, the, the, the thick money now becomes, the, the, you know, the overriding, um, you know, the most thing that the thing that you're most passionate about, the thing that you're that takes your attention the most is it's all it's all about the money. And it's, it's, there are a lot of different areas where, you know, this, um, you know, the, the enemy comes in and, the, and, the, and what, what he's looking for is just looking for that worship, anything that will take us away from from the, from the love of God. And we, we read earlier in chapter 13 about um, buying and selling that if you don't receive this mark of the beast, then you won't be able. And we will say you won't be able to participate in the economy. You won't be able to. You know, we don't know. Obviously, we're, we're not. 100% certain the way it's going to play out but that seems to be what the scriptures are telling what we're telling us in chapter 13 you won't be able to buy and won't be able to sell I know what the kind of constraints and pressures that will bring on on our lives and our families we mentioned that um you know we looked at that last week but there, there, there's also a, a warning here that um you know if we if we do participate people who sorry if people that participate in these things that there is a warning that uh, there's a and this is what the, this angel, this is the, the message from this angel, is that God's uh, anger is going to be poured out upon those people. And uh, he goes on to talk about the, the torments that there. So, you know, that there's also this whole subtlety about, uh, no, uh, about hell not being a real place or hell being, you know, it's a kind of like it's it's, uh, it's not literal, but it, it's symbolic of a place of where, uh, you know, there's suffering or there's no God. Or there's no, but this here is talking about a torment. It's, 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 and, and the Bible is saying here that there is no rest from that torment. It's everlasting torment. It said it says it's um, it's uh, yes, it's, that's what it says. It receives. Uh, sorry. Um, they will have no rest day or night. You know, and it's it's and this is another, I guess, one of those things that even in the church we 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 need to to come back to this reality. We need to come back to this truth that it, it isn't just about Christians getting to heaven, but it's about other people not going to hell and understanding that God didn't create hell for people to go. The hell was just for the for the for Satan and those fallen angels. They were the ones that that were um, you know earmarked for this type of torment, but not human beings, and and that's the reason why God goes to great lengths, you know, to, where He sent His Son, and that was why the Lord had to go through that horrible death that He went through, and He went through that torment that He went through, because that was the only thing that was going to the only way that we were going to have, um, you know, that we were going to be saved from this eternal damnation as well. Uh, it was through what he went through, for what the Lord Jesus Christ went through on our behalf. And that's why, you know, our faith is so precious, isn't it? Why mm. I, I guess God gives people the grace to hold on to that faith, even in, it's in difficult times. It's because he does not want anyone to go through this torment that we're, that we're looking at. He doesn't want anyone to go through this type of uh, eternity. He wants the eternity, our eternity to be with him. And the, the, I guess the, the other point, just final point I wanted to make here was, and it's something that I haven't, I'd never considered this before. It says that, um, uh, I'm just finding, so I can find this again so I can just read it. Um, right, and he took, so this is verse 10 I'm looking at now. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And it was something I hadn't considered before that uh, you know, the presence of the Lamb is the, the Lord is even present in this. He sees this. But the, his presence there is different from his presence in heaven. 
His, his heavenly presence is one of love, of one of peace, of one of joy. Uh, you know, it's one of uh, acceptance. You know, it's one, it's one of fellowship. But his presence in, in, in this place, in hell, is one of judgment. It's one of condemnation. It, it's, it's one of rejection, you know, because the people who fortunately end up there, that's what they've rejected the Lord. And so now what they're facing here, even though he's there, he says in the presence of his angels and the, the presence of the lamb, it's one of judgment. Now he's there to judge. He's not there to accept. He's not there to forgive. He's there to embrace. Um, and it's it's horrible. That's why, you know, we 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 remind ourselves of um, and we're thankful for what God has delivered us from. But also it, uh, it, there's an urgency in our lives as well. We pray that God will work that in us to get this message out to, to others as well so that, that they would know as well. And, and God will give us the grace, you know, to do that. Amen. Well, let's just wrap up with the last two verses. Again, like we looked at in verse 10, it says, here is a, of chapter 13. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So it's, it's basically giving you like the gospel, the judgment and then the damnation. But it's saying, look, here is a call for the endurance for you to keep going, you know, to keep going, that people don't end up in that place. Uh, so, you know, keep going, keep your faith, keep your witness uh, and keep going so that, you know, you, you, you are preaching the gospel by your life. And then he said, I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the spirit that they may rest from their labours, for their deeds follow them. So again, like back in the uh, previous chapter where it says, those who go into captivity will go into captivity. Those who will be slain by the sword will be slain by the sword. And that's, you know, that's for believers. Uh, I think we, we kind of concluded, although it was could be applied to the oppressors as well. But, um, you know, it's saying, you know, blessed are the martyrs of the church. Because, you know, their their work is done and now they can rest. And what they did in this life will follow them. Uh, and it's it's kind of, in, that's the call again to endurance for the saints. Keep going. Keep the faith. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. We've shared a little bit tonight about how hard it is. But stay strong. You know, stay together and, and preach the gospel. Pursue God with your life. And, you know... Get your eye on that prize that you the Lord is the one you stand before, not men. And like we've said all the way through, God is on the throne. He is in control of all of this, you know, some of this awful stuff that we've seen in Revelation. You know, it's the kingdom of God coming. It's the kingdom of God being established against sin, against sinful men and, and being established against the devil. Um, and it's 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 our portion. It's our it's our path. It's our kingdom. It's our captain. That we're we're following, uh, and this is you know all about what's going on in, in in Revelation at the moment. So we'll end it there because we've it's nearly we're about ten minutes away from being an hour into this. But we've given we've got to the middle of of chapter fourteen, and we've got uh, a bit to go. Um, but yeah, we've seen tonight the Lamb and the appearance of the hundred forty four thousand, the great multitude. The heroes on the hill, the light coming into the darkness, <laughs> and then the, these three angels that have come uh, and have proclaimed the gospel, the judgments, and the, and the damnations. I've been keeping my eye on the chat. Actually, is quite is quite lively. 
Um, Matt saying, "Oh, I watch worship music on on YouTube quite a bit." You carry on, Matt. Keep keep yeah. Yeah, watching <laughs> your worship music on there, <laughs> and uh, you know, and the people have mentioned um, about the uh, the series, the the chosen, which I don't know if you've seen it, Pastor Akin, but it was uh, just one of the <laughs> best ones that I've ever seen, and Jesus is just brilliant in it. Uh, I think the best bit that made me laugh out loud was where they go to her house to stay uh and the guy the host says oh one of the rooms is haunted and jesus is like oh i'll take that one (laughs) fantastic so any final words tonight pastor akin um no i think you said it all ben (laughs) (laughs) because i can't shut up (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. No, it's been, it's been, it has been, it has been amazing, and um, really just thank God. You know, I think what, one of the things I keep marveling at, I said, of all the books in the Bible, if, if to choose to go through like this, this, this would have been the last one. But it's just been so amazing to be given the opportunity to go through it, and I've just been so blessed um, through just preparing for them and that actually on the podcast itself. So yeah, thank God for His word. That's that's what I better say. <laughs> be blessed, everyone. Good night. God bless everyone. Good night. Bye.